Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. I'm going to preach from the subject, leave the light on. Leave the light on. Y'all remember that old commercial uh, from Motel 6? It says, so we'll leave the light on for you. Probably the only hotel uh, actually in business that you don't want them to leave the light on for you. It's like, just leave the lights off. Leave the door open. You should change your slogan. I'll leave the door open for you because the light's on. I'm going to see what I'm sleeping in. And I'm real particular about that. So don't leave the light on. Just leave the door open. But this was their slogan. We'll, we'll leave the light on for you. And as we were gone, I, I, was, I was praying for you and I was praying for the vision and strategy for this church. And I believe God began to drop some things uh, in my heart about the light that we carry. John chapter 13 Verse 34, uh, actually uh, Matthew chapter 5, our next scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. It says this, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, or rather, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see. So actually do good things so people can see them. Interesting. Do good things so people, it's not about what people see. Do it so they can see your good deeds and they can glorify your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. This is what the scripture says. It says you are the light of the world. Now, this is interesting. We were, on, we were on the Oregon coast this past week and, and uh, with time with our family and, and just amazing. It's a great place to go in August in Texas. 65 degree high. We're on the beach in sweatshirts and coats. It was amazing. We were loving it. And we went to visit a lighthouse. And uh, so we went to a lighthouse and, and it was an old antique-ish lighthouse. And, and uh, they had some people working there that looked like maybe they've worked there their entire lives, which might have been over a hundred. Um, and so they're working there and there's like this little step to get into the lighthouse and it's like, like Genesis had no problem with this step, my youngest son. And, she, and, and lady was like, whoa, 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 watch out. There is a, there's a step here. Be careful. It's like, yep, that's a stair, right. And I mean, they're really, oh, they're really worried about lawsuits right now, someone falling down these stairs. And so we climbed to the top of the lighthouse, and, and they were saying the climb is actually kind of difficult, and so be really careful, please be careful. And they're looking at Genesis like, this, this guy doesn't have a chance. And I'm like, no, you're looking at the wrong kid. Jude might struggle. Genesis has no problem. And sure enough, Genesis climbs up the ladder, top of the lighthouse, and we get up there. And, and, and this guy, this old guy, in such a beautiful way begins to describe the power and the reason, the mission behind the lighthouse. And he told the story of this specific lighthouse and how it shone and how it was cared for and how it was tended to. And the lives that it saved because of the light that it emitted. And he began to talk about this, and I'm like, man, that is amazing. And I was taking pictures of it, and they were talking about the bulbs and the prisms and the amount of light that would pass through that would show ships what port it was. And he began to talk about the purpose of the lighthouse. And they said two things. A lighthouse marks dangerous coastlines, 
and it marks safe entrances to ports or cities. So it points out danger, and it lights up safety. It points out danger, and it illuminates safe paths. And as we were looking at this, I began to walk down the stairs, and we were finishing, and as I was walking out the door, there's a sign that talks about basically the makeup or the anatomy of the lighthouse. And I looked at it, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me at that moment about this message that I want to give to you today. When, 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 when I looked at it, it began to talk about the light and the care that had to be taken to the flame that illuminated the prisms that would then lead ships to safety because the light was important. The light was strategic, but if the light went out, people would die. If the light didn't shine bright enough, people would die. If the light actually took a day off, people would die. It was important that the light stayed on and the light shone effectively. First John chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, it says, Anyone who claims to be in the light, but this will speak to where we are today, but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone, anyone, anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in that darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I would just venture to say that we live in a dark time in our world. We live in a dark time in our culture. And there are people walking and stumbling around in darkness, and they need to see a light. They need something to shine from the, 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 the safe ports and the safe cities and the safe coastlines out into dangerous waters to help them navigate their life. And I think it's interesting that while we talk about how dark this time is, I'd like to propose this to you. Is it that it's that dark or is it that the light is that dim? Is it, is it that it's really that bad right now? Or has the light dimmed so much that we don't make a difference anymore? I have an old flashlight that, that, that I keep around for some reason, but it burns through batteries like you would not believe. And, and, and so I put new batteries in it. For, I should just go buy a new flashlight. But I keep on putting new batteries in to try to keep the light bright, but almost immediately the light begins to dim. And the effectiveness of the flashlight is, is, is totally dependent on the brightness of the light. And so it can seem like a room is really dark, but it could be that my light is really dim. And it could be that the world is real, and the world is in darkness. The Bible teaches us that the world is in darkness. But it could be that it looks so bad because when you look, all you see is hate, all you see is anger, all you see is prejudice, all you see is racism, all you see are different sides, and we have failed to see the light that comes from the Savior of the world. His name is Jesus, and the Bible actually declares that he is the light of the world. In this darkness, what do we do? What, what, what do we do with CNN? What do we do 
with news reports? What do we do in light of this? And I want to talk to you just real quickly a couple things that I believe. This is an in-house word today. This is some couple things that I believe that we must do. Is we must possess the light. Which means that we have to have a light. That means to actually be a lighthouse, you have to have a light in the house. And to have a light in the house, the Bible teaches us that all you have to do is follow Jesus and you are illuminated the same way that he is illuminated. John chapter 8 verse 12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Now watch this. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So I just need to encourage someone here today, you are a light. This is why some people are not lighthouses is because they don't know that they have the light. But by nature, of, by virtue of following Jesus, you have become a light. A light that can guide people. A light that can save people. A light that can encourage people. And I know many of us in this room, we need encouragement. And we need light. And we need a hand. But I'm going to tell you the way that you, you help yourself is by helping someone else. The way you get out of depression is you give joy to someone else. The way you get out of pride is you serve someone else. The way you give out of the poverty mentality that you have is you be generous with someone else. The, the kingdom of God is upside down. It's backwards. Everything that you think it would be is the opposite. You want to be great, strive for it. No, serve. You want to be first, cut in line. Nope, be last. You want to receive? Grab everything you can. Nope. Give. It's upside down. The kingdom of God is upside down. We must possess the light. All that's needed to be a light is to follow Jesus. The scripture declares that when we follow him, we possess his light. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I need you to know this from the onset today is that to be used by God, you don't have to be qualified. And you don't have to be educated. And you don't have to be perfect. And you don't have to be a leader in the church. And you don't have to have been without sin for the last 372 days. It matters that God has done something in you. And if he's done something in you, then you have the power to help someone else. You possess a light by virtue of following the light. The light of Jesus reflects in you and you are the light. You are, Matthew chapter 5 says, you are the light of the world, which tells me this, is that if we are not true to our lights, there will be no light in this world. Because my Bible says that Jesus was here, but he left so that the Holy Spirit could come and be in each of us, so that the light that Jesus was would be mirrored in us, but he's not here. So if we don't shine, our world becomes dark. So maybe it's dark. But maybe we lack light. So before we really step into all that God has for us, we have to first understand that we possess 
a light. It is easy to discredit ourselves for lack of training, education, or perfection. But all you need to be a light is to possess a little light. God will use whatever you've walked through to help somebody else. You should be dead right now. You're alive. How'd you make it? You tell somebody else. You should be hooked on drugs right now. You're not. You should be an alcoholic. You should not be married. You should, I could go on and on and on of what we should have been, but you're still here. They said you never make it. They said you never keep your faith. They said you can never serve God that long. They said you never raise a godly family. They said all this, but here you are. So you proved them wrong once. Now, with what God did in you, you give it to someone else. Some people say, well, I'm not, I'm not qualified to lead a group. Has God encouraged you? Just use that encouragement and encourage someone else. But what if they have a, a question that I don't know the answer to? Find it together. You don't have to know everything to lead everyone. Multiple times a week, I don't know the answer to a question. But you know what? It helps me find the answer and discover what I don't know so that I can help people more. And the more I go through, I find the more I can help other people. All you need to be a lighthouse is to have a light in the house. And if you follow Jesus, I've got great news for you. You are the light of the world. You must possess the light, but you must also protect the light. The lighthouse uh, worker was, was communicating to us, and he was very passionate about it, about the care that went into protecting the light. In ancient days and, and in older lighthouses, it was actually a flame. And, and they would fuel it in, in later years by kerosene, and so they would have to keep the fuel clean, and they would have to keep the flame bright. And I'm going to tell you, this, this ministers to you and speaks to you in your own life, because in you is the light of Jesus. But we also have the capacity to grow what is in us. Paul spoke to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. It was not that he didn't have a flame or didn't have fire. He says, I want you to fan it. I want you to increase the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Timothy already had light because he was a follower of Jesus. But Paul said, fan it into flame. See, you have to possess a light, but you also have to protect the light that you have. And you can stoke the fire of your own love for Jesus by spending time with him, by studying, by being with him, by worshiping, by being in community. You can begin to stoke the fire of your own heart. But I'm going to tell you this, your fire, your responsibility. Many people, they rely on a church or on a pastor to try to keep them on fire for Jesus. I can't keep you on fire for Jesus. I can try to encourage you. I can try to help you along. I can scream and shout a little bit. And, 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 but at the end of the day, if you don't have your own love for Jesus, if you don't fan it into flame on your, by yourself, you know what? My, my kids are just starting to learn to eat by themselves. It's glorious. It is glorious. I can change diapers like nobody's business. I mean, that's like, I mean, there, there's a dirty diaper. I'm like, Jamie, I got it. I'm, I'm good. But when it comes to food and the way they just slap that food on my face and my clothes. and my, I, I put on a brand new shirt uh, the other day, a brand new white shirt, and, and just in time to sit down with Genesis. And he flung his entire spoon of macaroni right on my chest. So I'm going to go take a about 35 hours by myself to calm down. And uh, it's just, it's messy, it's messy. But they're starting to eat for themselves, which is amazing development. 
Do you know what happens in a life of a believer when they begin to eat for themselves? They find that this right here is not life support. This is a rally. This is encouragement. This is a boost. But if I didn't have this, I'd still love Jesus. If I didn't have all this, I would still love the Word of God. If I didn't have all this, I would still have a fire that burns for Jesus in my heart. This just adds to what I already have. And I'll tell you this, when, you are, when you're protecting the flame, you have to take care to what you put into yourself. You have to take care the f- that the fuel might be clean. you got to be careful what you feed yourself, and the fire must be tended daily. This is what they say, the lighthouse keeper, he said, it's really important that the, the, the fire was kept daily, not weekly, not every Sunday, that, that it was daily. It was Daily. And he said that the fire had to be kept, the fuel had to be kept clean. This, this, is, this represents holiness. This represents walking with God, being righteous, being upright, having integrity, having character, have, walking in love. This speaks to all those things. Because when we do that, the fuel is clean and the light burns bright. And they said this is that the cleaner the fuel the brighter the, pl- the brighter the flame. Your fire, your responsibility. Lastly, we not just have to protect the light, but this is where we'll end today, is that we must project the light. We have to, pre- so we possess it, and we have to protect it, but to protect it without projecting it is to rob it of its purpose. Because the light was never meant to be just a light. The light was meant to be projected so that it might help others. Some people have their, their own little Christian faith, and this is what the Scripture is talking about in Matthew chapter 5. It says, don't put your light under a bowl. Some people are so happy they have a light, but they're too scared to share it. They forgot that the purpose of the light was to be projected, to be able to shine for someone else so that they may see it. Next Sunday is Back to School Sunday. We will have tons of people here, a thousand, well over a thousand people, maybe over 2,000 people that will be here on a Sunday, packed out on our campus. And I'll tell you this is that a lot of them need light. And you are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. What do we do in the darkness that we live in? We have to possess light, know that you are a light. We have to protect the light. But then we have to be faithful to project the light, which means we've got to talk about what God's doing. We have got to be better at letting the light that is in us not be under a bowl, hidden in the closet of our lives, but out in front and allowing people to see what God is doing in you. And through you, I'm not talking about jumping up in your workroom and preaching the gospel, although it might be good for some of you. But I'm talking about having a consistent light that shines in our social acceptable world. We talk about, oh, well, I don't want, let me just help you. When the lighthouse was shining, the, 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 the ships did not say like, oh, that's bright. Why are you shining that light in my eyes? Because the light was trying to help them. Whether they were offended by it or not, the light was trying to help. And I'm just going to tell you, you're not responsible. As much as we think we are, we are not responsible for managing the opinions of other people about us. 
We are responsible for walking like Christ and shining like Christ in this dark world. We are a light and we must shine. It is not enough just to tend it. It is not enough just to have it. It is not enough just to stoke the fire of your spiritual passion and to get educated and to get all full of biblical knowledge. If you do all of that and you do not shine, What's the reason? What is the purpose? To possess and not project is a travesty. Original lighthouses were not just responsible to have a light, but were then strategically positioned so that the light could be seen for miles. We must project this light. The scripture, Matthew chapter 5, it says, instead, instead of hiding under a bull, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. I'm going to tell you this. Your stand for your light is wherever God has placed you. Wherever he's placed you, that's your stand. Well, I hate my job. That's your stand, sir. Well, I hate where I'm at. No, that's your stand. That is the strategic position that God has put you, that your light would shine so that other people would be able to see. Well, they're not interested. They're, they, no, listen, they will be. You just shine. Did you know not many people looked for the lighthouse when, they were, when there was no storm? They, they looked for the lighthouse when they were in danger, when they were in darkness, or when they were in a storm. Do you know what I'm seeing in our nation? A storm brewing. So we got a lot of people in darkness and a lot of people hurt and a lot of people being mistreated and a lot of people in darkness that if they saw a light, I think they'd follow it. But we're so concerned with offending or pushing our opinion on someone. You know what I'm tired of? Getting opinions pushed on me. Can I just flip it for like 30 seconds? I'm tired of people putting their opinion on me. Putting me in a box of what I believe and where I stand and what I think and why I'm intelligent or why I'm not intelligent because of what I believe. You know what? Y'all can just stop. Let me shine some light. Let me shine some light. Why don't we as a church shine some light? We're too passive. We just, well, let's just see what happens. Don't rock the boat. No, the boat needs to be rocked. And I'll tell you this, God will do whatever he has to do to rock the boat of our nation so that people will look to the light that is Jesus and not to each other and not to politics and not to one another, but they will actually look to the light that can actually navigate the pathway of their life. And that light is the light of the world and it still is Jesus. And he's still bright, shining as bright today as he was in the past and he will shine the same Yes yesterday, today, and forever. And we are now his lights in the world. I'm going to read you a story about a lighthouse. And I don't usually do this. It's like really not like me. Uh, it's a long story, okay? So I'm going to read the entire thing. I'm going to try to be quick uh, for you. But we got the keys in the background to kind of make it sound a little better. Uh, but I want you to catch this. I found this without obviously knowing what we would be walking into. 
And I want you to hear this message. Many years ago, there was a little village on a rocky sea coast where storms often battered and seas were ever treacherous. Many ships were driven onto the rocks by the storms and the lives of many sailors were lost because of the raging seas. One day, the people decided among themselves that they should establish a lighthouse and life-saving station on a little peninsula on the coast to warn ships away from the rocks and to save the lives of those who were cast into the icy waters. They approached the government and began to secure the necessary funds for their project. Soon they set forth and built a tower and set a beacon in it. They organized a lookout system and they bought boats and learned how to man them. And soon they were in business, the business of saving lives. Soon the effects of what they were doing became known far and wide. Fewer ships went on the rocks and when such a tragedy did occur and the alarm was sounded, the people risked their own lives to rescue those who had been cast into the raging icy waters. Within a few short years, people came from great distance to study the lighthouse and to use it as a model. One day, someone suggested that since they all spent so much time at the lighthouse, that they should gather there occasionally and enjoy good fellowship. And soon they began to get together, at first infrequently and then more often at the lighthouse. In fact, many people began to build their homes near the lighthouse. Then when the lookout sounded the alarm, they were there, ready to go out. Next, it was decided that they were, if they were going to spend so much time there, they must make the place more comfortable. So arrangements were made to heat the lighthouse. The gray walls were painted a brilliant white. Some of the walls were paneled. Rugs were put on the floors to disguise the bare concrete. A fine kitchen was installed with a handsome stove. And generally speaking, the lighthouse became a nice place to spend your time waiting for the alarm to be sounded. Everything about the lighthouse was made comfortable and nice. The lighthouse soon became the center of life in the little town that grew up around it, and one night a fierce storm blew in. As storms had blown in for years, many ships were tossed on the jagged rocks, and the men at the lighthouse spent long hours picking sailors from the bitter, cold, icy waters and taking them to the lighthouse where they were fed and provided with dry clothing. This had happened many times over the years, but this time after the storm subsided and the sailors had left the lighthouse, there were some men who were angry. It seems the storm had made them leave the comfort of the lighthouse and go out into the wet, dangerous seas, and they got cold, very cold. The sailors, when they were delivered to the lighthouse, soiled the carpets. The kitchen was a mess, not to mention the stove. After a brief meeting, it was first decided that sailors, when they were brought to the lighthouse, should be taken to the basement, not to the nice upper areas. Sometime later, another storm blew in. And about one half of the men went out in the boats and again picked sailors from the frigid waters. This time, the ship, which had broken apart on the rocks, was from another nation. And the men who manned her spoke another language. And even worse, were of different color. After this storm, a few more men joined those who refused to enter the sea. They decided that men like these did not belong in the lighthouse at all. Some said they felt that the lighthouse's job was not supposed to be saving sailors from other lands because they were so much different. There were those too who objected to leaving the comfort of the lighthouse to go out into the storm. These men petitioned the government and they also agreed, so finally it was decided that the beacon would be kept lit, but the rescue work would be discontinued. A small group disagreed, however, and went down the coast a short distance and started a new lighthouse. This small group decided that they should establish the biggest life-saving station on the Little Peninsula. And so they did. Every day they warned ships and sometimes attempted to save lives from the icy water. Fame of the new lighthouse grew and the lighthouse back up the bay eventually turned out its light. 
Some people say the beacon can still be seen today in you and I. Oh yes, they also say the small group running the new lighthouse were those who were once rescued from the raging seas. We as people all have a choice to make with regards to our rescue work. We can choose to allow our lives to become comfortable and we can find ourselves very content and oftentimes we may find that we have turned out our beacon of hope for one another. Or perhaps I hope and pray that we find ourselves lighting and saving the path of others both in our words and in our deeds. I read this and even though it's a really long story, I just felt like I needed to share that. It says that they got real comfortable around the lighthouse and, and, and then they realized they couldn't determine who to save and who not to save. If they went out, they had to save who were there, but they didn't like that. They wanted to pick and to choose. So they said, instead of going out, we'll just stay here and stay comfortable. You know what that's a picture of? It's the picture of the modern church. It's the picture of modern Christianity. This is we want to pick and choose who to bring in. We don't like it when people get saved and they come in and they're all messy and they're swearing and, and they're full of the world. We, we, don't, we don't like that. Let's put them in the basement instead of the nice, comfortable surroundings that we have. And then it says some of them just decided we won't go out at all. Let's just stay here in our nice little building we built. Let's just stay comfortable. But some of the people said we can't do that. Because we were once shipwrecked. We were once lost. We were once thrown upon the rocks. And someone ventured down into the icy waters and pulled us up. So now it would be wrong for us to sit upon these shores and watch other people die. We must now go and share the light that someone shared with us. So they created their own lighthouse. And they created their own beacon. And they said, we'll save anyone. We'll save anyone that needs saving. Any gender, any race, any language, any tongue any color we'll save anyone if they need it we're there and that my friends is what this church is this church is a lighthouse this church is a beacon of hope it is a beacon of light to all who believe to all who need saving to all who need rescuing this is what we are this is who we are this is what our mission is not to be something great in and of ourselves but to return the light that has been shared with us to anyone that would need it thanks for listening you can find out more about us at church1132.com